We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Knicks Film School Podcast. My name is Andrew Claudio, a.k.a. GMAC. Went at you on a Friday morning, September 1st. We are so close to the return of Knicks basketball. Really, we're close to the beginning of training camp, which is still then three weeks away from the return of Knicks basketball. But I hope you are all enjoying your summer the way I'm trying to enjoy my summer, whether it be getting as far away from basketball as possible, whether it's trying to find basketball as best you can in the FIBA games or rewatching old Knicks games, whatever it is. I hope you're enjoying it. I'm filling in, of course, for the man, the myth, the legend, Jonathan Macri, who is taking a couple more load management days, uh, specifically throughout the weekend uh, over the Labor Day holiday, uh, which I guess I don't wish people a happy Labor Day. I guess we in the States just kind of observe Labor Day. Um, But I will give a quick programming note. John is going to give his reaction to FIBA on Wednesday's episode next week. So if you are, you know, tuning in to hear his thoughts or his reaction to what happens in the FIBA games, whether it be what RJ did for Team Canada or what Jalen Brunson and new starter Josh Hart does for Team USA, that's going to come on Wednesday's episode. So stay tuned for that. The episode you're about to hear is a crossover conversation that I do with Alex Trateris of Knicks Fan TV. One of the better people that you're going to meet in the content game at the moment. He and I obviously both do uh, pregame shows for our respective Knicks content outlets, whether he does for Knicks Fan TV and I obviously do it here for KFS. And we compare notes and we like make sure we don't book the same guest often. And we're uh, he's like a really good friend and we communicate a ton. Um, he's a big Jets fan. He is cautiously optimistic as I am. And the theme of this episode is going to be us deciding who runs New York. And I believe the inspiration for this came from a graphic I saw. I think it was SNY. It might have been WFAN. But somebody put up a power ranking of like the top 10 athletes in New York at the moment. And I vehemently disagreed with it. And I thought, like, why don't I get somebody within the content world? I filed it away as an idea for an episode in the future. 
And when Alex and I were talking about linking up for an episode, I, I knew this was something I could throw at him and he would he would want to do as well. So that's the episode you're going to hear. We do talk a little bit about the Knicks for the first 25 minutes. And as you're going to hear, I have a producer's note I have to give as well. So if you heard the last episode with Ty Windish, anytime I chimed in, I sounded like I was broadcasting from a tin can. And it's because my mic wasn't connected. You were hearing the audio that was being pulled in by the webcam microphone. And I didn't know this until I was editing the pod later and recognized that I didn't connect my mic. My mic was not connected. And it's like very 101. I didn't do a proper sound check. I apologize. And, you know, I, I strive for perfection. A perfectionist usually does that. And it was very frustrating. Well, guess what happened the first 25 minutes of this episode, too? The big post-it that I wrote while I was editing the other night that's staring at me right now that says, check your mic. Uh, I didn't do so before this episode. So the first 25 minutes also have the webcam microphone, which does lead to a moment where of Eureka where I do acknowledge that the audio you've heard for the first 25 to 30 minutes is awful. But it's still a fun conversation. Alex is still a good good guest and a, and a fun person to talk about the New York sports scene with. I think you're going to enjoy the entirety of this episode, despite my screw up and poor audio in the beginning. Um, so let's get to it. My conversation with Alex Chateros of Knicks Fan TV. Enjoy. Joining me now, you're on the Knicks Film School podcast, a fellow pregame show host in the Knicks content creation world, a fellow New York Jets fan that I cannot wait to talk about and our tempered expectations or maybe non-tempered expectations about this season. And it's a good fellow of mine who he said it on Knicks Fan TV. So I think I can say it on here as well is expecting he and his wife are expecting a new addition to the Knicks family in the not too distant future. Uh, Alex Chuteris of Knicks Fan TV. Alex, how you doing, buddy? Hope you, how's your summer going? Andrew, my man, thank you for for asking me to be on here. I feel great, man. Uh, yes, enjoying the last solidarity. Like I'm not. There's not too many days left at this point. Due dates mm -hmm. September 9th. So like, there's 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 a little bit of time left for me to do whatever the hell I feel like doing. Me and my wife having our alone time, whatever. So just been enjoying it, man. You know, especially after this past Knicks season, just living on highs for a little bit. You know, even the way it ended. Was a little disappointing, but still mm -hmm. just enjoying my summer. Man, got back into running a little bit, just trying to get in shape for for the little man that's on the way, so that way I can be healthy for him. So that way, because just here, here's a little fun story between between for everyone listening and tuning in right now. Every time my wife and I were watching a sports game, whether it's the NBA playoffs, whether it's watching old uh, Usain Bolt highlights, whether it's watching like tennis, no, no matter what, uh, you could talk about baseball, even watching sports documentaries. Our son is just active. Like every time oh, he hears wow. a sports game, he is just active inside her belly. So you just see him kicking, punching. He's like, oh, I love this. I love hearing like she go, she listens to podcasts, she listens to shows, she watches her rom-coms, her, you know, her her trash reality TV shows like The Bachelor and whatnot. But baby boy's not moving. He's not, he's chilling, you know, he's relaxing, sleeping, doing whatever. But you he put you put sports on. He's going. We were watching the, the LeBron James uh, documentary, the the shooting stars, right? Mm. Um, and ten minutes in, he's already rocking and moving. So you know, 
we, we, I know he's an active baby, so sports in the future. So I've got to get in shape for this little guy who's going to be in the world just running about all over the place. So that's been my summer. But how have you been, man? I mean, I've had a pretty busy summer myself. You did, man. Congratulations uh, to you and, and getting married. Thank you, sir. And uh, I, I got to say, it's 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 not necessarily new because like we lived together beforehand, but it's like married life suits me is what I've been telling people. It's fun to go from from fiance to husband or fiance to wife. So that's been good. Um, I, for those who I guess missed the intro or, or didn't understand the intro, Alex and his wife are expecting a child in like any minute now. So I'm happy that I can get you on before the due date so that we can, <laughs> we can talk about basketball or, and other New York sports things before, um, before that happens, but best of luck to you and best wishes to the Terrace family. Uh, I, I feel like I'm meeting my counterpart, but mm. in the same spirit, like, like you and I have texted and, and DM'd before about potential guests that we're both going after uh, when we're doing our pregame shows. Yep. And this season, I feels like I saw a lot more of Alex on Knicks Fan TV. And like, obviously, you and I have connected in the past on your old show, Knicks, Jets, etc. Uh, with John. And that was always our connection that we talk a little Knicks, but I'm really here to talk about the Jets and we're going to talk about the Knicks, Jets, et cetera, here on the show. <laughs> but um, this year that you had both like personally and then just from a fan's perspective, you know, the, how, how you feeling after the year that you just had um, both like the, the steps forward you took with Knicks fan TV and as well as, you know, the success of the team coinciding with it. Um. Well, first, you know, it's funny that you talk about doing pregame shows. And it's hilarious. Like you, you mentioned that I was like, oh yeah, well, this is, we, we both do pregame shows. Yeah. Like before that, it's like it's been so long of an offseason. I'm like, I'm forgetting. I'm like, I'm getting ready to gear back up for the pregame shows and all that stuff as, as well as you know. It's just funny. Like I just think about some of those texts. Like, hey, you getting this guy on? Hey, are you getting this guy on? Mm-hmm. Let's make sure not to double books. <laughs> Let's Especially not do during, that. during the heat series in particular. And it was yeah, like, okay, the heat series was real. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The heat series was really tough. Um, but yeah, man, like for KFTV, it's been great, man. It's a lot going on uh, over there. And, you know, shout out to CP, man. Awesome mentor. Awesome person, just in general. Uh, you've spoken with him before. I know you've talked, hung out with him before. Mm. And like, really, just gave me like the the runway just to grow and threw me into this opportunity, man. And it's just been great over at Cave TV. You know, outside of being, you know, just a co-host, being an analyst for post game show and doing pregame uh, shows, it's like I also run the website too. So we've been. Mm. We've also been growing that as well. So looking for new writers and so forth and just reviewing all those, you know, writing samples and, you know, drafting a writer's guideline and stuff like that behind the scenes. So it's been good, man. Like the role is just continuing to grow, as you know, man, through doing KFS. Like the, it's just every year. It's like, what else can we add new? What else can we do mm-hmm. different? Like how how can we make this even better than what we did before? Not only for like the content we're doing. So like as a pregame show, but like how do we expand our reach to a, a, as, you know, as a content creator? So it's been great this past season just for KTV and I, I loved every moment of it. I think the fun things I do is like when I actually go to the games and do like the meetups and actually create Instagram reels, that's like the more fun that I have because then I get to be that fan and actually like mm-hmm. enjoy the game and like forget the analysis, man. I'm ready to like take, it's like, you know, you, you gotta be like a little bit more like reserved to some extent, like try to be a, as real as you can when you analyze this team. But then when I'm at the game, I'm doing that type of stuff. It's like, yeah, let's go. Like I, I would swearing whatnot so it's fun and after this year man it's like it's 
for the Knicks being in the playoffs two out of the past three seasons, it's just been great. And having the addition of Jalen Brunson and him being the way, being the guy that led them to like the next round, going to the second round of the playoffs. Like I said at the beginning of the show, it didn't end the way that we wanted to. I still like just hate the Miami Heat, man. Like they're mm-hmm. so so close. Like talent wise, like we had a man. It's just we're talking about things that could have probably been adjusted, like from a coaching standpoint effort standpoint, execution standpoint, and who knows, maybe we're there in that Eastern conference finals instead of them. But honestly, like when you're away from it for a little bit and you get to look back, it was still a magical season that the Knicks had. So I'm going to go back through that because the, the experience of it as a fan, while we're still doing like the content thing, which like has its own responsibilities has, I don't think the word limitations is right, but there is like a certain level we have to go to where we're not thinking like a fan. We're trying to think critically about the team, which is why um, we do this thing called playback with, uh, mm-hmm. with the folks over at Playback. That's where I feel like I can let loose a little more and actually experience things in the moment. Yep. Like I was on playback for the Julius Randle game winner against oh. the Heat. Remember when that happened when we loved how Julius Randle performed against the Miami Heat? And that moment is is relived every now and then when I go to our Instagram and see that the that playback clip. And it's like that was like being able to have it captured that way was was one of the, the highlights of the past season that we had. Um, but then you go through the playoffs and man, I, I'm back and forth on how disappointing the Heat series was. And I'm I'm. I don't know if you feel this, but I'm doing everything to try and remember how the end of the Cavs series felt and the series. Like, like I thought the Knicks <laughs> had a good chance to win, you know, but the way yeah. they dominated that series, specifically it being the Donovan Mitchell Bowl, and it's like, oh, so they didn't trade for Donovan Mitchell, and then they knocked his team out in five games. Like, I'm trying to hold on to that feeling more so than the disappointment of the Heat series. Have you had any balance of that? Or have you tried to balance that at all? Where it's like, let's not forget this team was an underdog and everybody outside of the Knicks world was picking against them in the Cavs series and they destroyed them in that series. It's tough, man, because I look at that series and it's just, I look at the team for what it was during the regular season, everything that we did right, right? Second chance opportunities, really attacking well in isolation, rebounding. Uh, once, you know, they went to the nine-man rotation, the defense decided to, you know, take it up another level, another notch, and you add the addition of Josh Hart and you remove Deuce McBride and it really took another level. So I look at that team and I'm like, that's the team that we saw throughout the regular season. That's the team that was gritty, that would punch you in the mouth, smash mouth basketball, and the team that we grew to love it towards like the end of the season, especially once Josh Hart joined. And I remember that team. I'm like, that team is a good team. It's not a bad team. It's a very good team. But then the thing that I think when I review the playoffs, it's like you get the reality check when you go against the Miami heat and what more work this team needs, whether that be adding another player, um, the limitations that it has offensively, right? Like switching Josh Hart, in the starting rotation over Quentin Grimes and shortening the, the, the floor spacing on the court that really changed the tra- trajectory of this team. Right. And why wouldn't Tibbs trust Quentin Grimes who was already having the toughest assignment throughout the regular season, right? Why not give him that opportunity to guard Jimmy Butler? And then, you know, we think about game five and he has that great stop against Jimmy Butler. You're like, 
trust the young guy, man. Just let him go out there, do his thing, even though he's coming off a shoulder injury that he faced in the Cavs. It's like, do that. But I look at the I look at these playoffs and I'm like, that team still needs more work. As good as this team is, right? It still needs more work and like an offensive creativity standpoint, a shooting perspective. Like hopefully we get that with Dante DiVincenzo. Hopefully Grimes and quickly could take another step up as well as RJ. But then you also look at the Julius Randle situation, right? Because two playoffs now, he's underperformed, and you're like, this guy during the regular season, and it's like, where, what's going on, man? What's going on? I got to be honest, Alex. I go to the Julius Randle situation significantly more than the Josh Hart subbing for like that is a thing. Oh, for sure. I've, like acknowledge that, like the the on the the, the on off splits for the Josh Hart starting five and the Quentin Grimes starting five. Just they say you should not have split them. I understood. What Tibbs was trying to do, but game three is the one I go to. It's like, all right, this just you tried this, it did not work, which is why I think you went back to the Quentin Grimes starting lineup in game four. But from game four on, like you needed your all NBA player to play like an all NBA player. And I thought you saw in game four and then and then in game five that we're at a point where Julius Randle does not need to play. Julius Randle is part of the reason why they're going to lose the series if they lose the series. And for me, the biggest reason why they lost this series. If he plays like his B plus game or even his B minus game, I think they're at least able to get it to a game seven, but game five, like I thought he wasn't coming back in the game in that second quarter. It was after the way that first quarter went, because they went on that 18 to run to erase that 10 point deficit in the first quarter. And it was very clear. Okay. That they're, they're, they're swinging the ball around more. They're playing with pace. They're actually taking advantage of Miami. And then they were able to build a lead. Um, I more go to the Julius Randle margin than I do the, the the Tibbs margin. It is a margin, don't get me wrong. But um, it's why I think this team's, like you said, in an interesting place where it's clear they have room to get better and need to get better. The way they shot the entire playoffs also shows why they probably focused on the the in addition of DiVincenzo over um, bringing back Obi or honestly just dumping Obi for nothing. and then. Um, and then trading and going and getting DiVincenzo to replace him. Uh, I don't know. It's the Josh Hart thing is so fascinating. And I wanted to uh, honestly have a conversation with you from a KFTV perspective. I think he's so impactful. Like all he does is affect winning. All he does is lead to winning. Mm -hmm. And you see what's going on with team USA where Steve Kerr, like acknowledged by I'm sure everybody in the Nick fan base and a lot of the NBA is one of the best coaches in the sport is choosing to put him in the starting five over Brandon Ingram. And all he talks about are these glowing reviews of all the good things Josh Hart does. And then it's so counteractive when you go to our (laughs) fan base and it's like, why are you starting Josh Hart, you idiot? And it's like, okay, it's not the, like I understood the the hard place he was in because I'm sure Tibbs sees the same thing Steve Kerr does. For sure. But the playoffs RJ had, it's like, well, I can't bench RJ. And so he tried to double up and it just didn't work out above anything else in, in, in as far as topics and complaints and what people come to the, the KFTV phone lines and airwaves with, is it the Josh Hart starting five? Is it tips coaching decisions? Is it a player that they're trying to get run out of town? Like what's the number one hot button issue that they come to you guys with? Oh my God. The number one, hot, I mean, it's all, it, it could be all over the place. Andrew. Is, is it, but is it an equal over all over the place? I don't know. That, that's the question I have. I, it depends on who you're talking to and like what you see in the chat. And it, you know, 
I think it's tough, like- it's tough. It's tough to really isolate. I think there's a, there's there's a couple like depending on the type of day and who you're listening to, it could be a Tom Thibodeau issue, like coaching creativity, mm-hmm. right? And like I agree with you, like it's more of a Randall thing than it is you know a Tom Thibodeau thing. Although I do think Tom Thibodeau, like we're reaching the the point of his ceiling with what he can do with this team because I think there needs to be a little bit more offensive juice creatively in order to take I this to another level. I just also think he can be more creative. He picked an offense that during the regular season was extremely effective. It just, it hit, the ceiling it hit was in the second round of the playoffs against a coach that knew how to stop it, you know? But that's the thing. Like, you, like you're like you going to run into other coaches who are like a Steve Kerr, who are like, you know, a Ty Lue, who are like um, an Eric Spolstra, who's going to be able to do that, right? Even a Mike Malone. So it's like, can you take your thinking and your creativity to another level? But when you talk about who's calling in and what, it's it's, Oh, well, it's Tibbs, man. We need another coach. You know, let's go check out Johnny Bryan. Or it's like, oh, it's uh, Randall out of here. And it's not, he's hmm. not that dude anymore, man. It's like, oh, why are we paying Josh Hart? How are we going to keep Emmanuel quickly? You know, it's, it's all over the place, man. There's not really one particular thing I could say. I think there's so many topics, I mean, that can go amongst the Knicks fan base. I mean, you know about it. You go just log on Twitter, go on Facebook, go on anywhere, mm-hmm. go on Instagram. You see the whole conversation that you can just, it can go haywire. I mean, we have supporters for Julius. We have support, we have people against Julius. We have people for Tom Thibodeau. We have people against Tom Thibodeau. It's just all over the place, man, on on. There are supporters what? of Tom Thibodeau? I have no idea oh, what, you are, yeah. what, what? you're referring Yo. to. Yo, don't even <laughs> I know. Jake from I Puerto know. Rico, if you're listening, man, uh, was that, this guy is like, I said, I said, Tom Thibodeau would like coaches get replaced for others. Like, like we're talking about Doug Collins for like Phil mm-hmm. Jackson. Right. And he was like, Tibbs is not the issue. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, all right. So we got a Tom Thibodeau supporter. And then like, you, it, they're, they're out there, man. Look, Macri's a, Macri's a Tibbs supporter. That's what I was saying, Alex. I wasn't talking about Jake from Puerto Rico. I was talking about John from Brooklyn is what I was talking about. <laughs> John right. from Brooklyn. Waiting for John yes. from Brooklyn to call in to say, Tibbs should not be fired. Yeah, yeah. And look, I, I got to be honest. I I struggle because there are things he does that infuriates me and drives me. Like, like I was with everybody. I don't know if you're talking about team. Tibbs or Randall at this point. No, no. <laughs> talking about Macri. No, I was talking about, I was talking about Tibbs. <laughs> Specifically talking about Tibbs here, but like, it's funny that you say, I don't know who I'm talking about, Tibbs or Randall, because the Tibbs things that infuriate me, I'm able to counteract with the Tibbs things that I love. Like this team always plays hard, is always ready to play, is usually well prepared, which is why game three was such an uncharacteristic game from them, like getting blown out and barely being able to score, like do anything on offense was such a frustrating realization of, of how badly they were getting outplayed and outcoached, but like they still fought back in the series. And I get like the heat were, were an eight seed. That just was not an eight seed by the time they got to the mm-hmm. next series, you know, like yeah. they had Tibbs game plan was like, I'm going to let anybody, but Jimmy Butler beat me after Jimmy Butler destroyed the Milwaukee bucks. And then Max Drews and Caleb Martin and Kevin Love and Kyle Lowry all beat the Knicks, like it was actually a collective effort after after that. So I'm able to at least appreciate the floor, and honestly, like the Knicks haven't made the second round of the playoffs a ton, so I'm able to appreciate the ceiling that they're able to get to. You mentioned For the sure. coaches that they might run up against that he'll get out coached against. Well, like Steve Kerr didn't make it to the third round of the playoffs this year. Tyler didn't make it to the second round of the playoffs this year, which then leads me to the Julius conversation, like you're as good as your best players are probably going to take you. And when your best player is turning into a pumpkin right before your eyes, 
necessarily have many pivots that you have, unless like you're you're as creative as Spo, which I give Spo all the credit for. And you know, that kind of leads us to where we are now with this team. Where I'm really excited about this season. Um, do you think that you're gonna be able to enjoy the regular season? Do you think the fan well, I'll ask you first. Do you do you think you'll be able to enjoy the regular season knowing that there's playoff aspirations on this team now? Can I, of course, man. I think, hey, look, we're all fans at this point. Like, we can all enjoy the regular season as it comes. I think it depends on, like, the game, the matchup, how it all happens. Like, when you have games, like, you see Brunson just dropping Caruso and hitting game-winning threes, like, you can get you can get excited for that if you're talking about, you know, the Knicks beating the Bucks or something like that or these top echelon teams and it's, like, coming down to the wire and they're executing, like, good end-of-game plans. Sure, I can get excited about that because all those moments are going to lead towards the playoffs. And that's just getting you more repetitions to get ready for the playoffs because that's probably what you're going to see. You're going to be facing a team for a minimum four, max seven games, and it's going to come down to execution more than anything else. But you understand what I'm asking. Like, yeah, yeah. because you've had a taste of playoffs. Yeah, season, no, I get what you're saying. You know, like, is a 52 win season going to mean something if they get bounced in the second round again? Like, well, are people going to be able to enjoy the journey? Which I guess it's more a question for the fan base. Or, or if they're doing stuff guess, that, if they're doing a similar type of offense that's like heavy offensive rebounding, not a ton of ball movement, is everybody going to be like, great, this win, this 20 point win was nice, but, you know, they're going to lose in the playoffs. This is shout out to XJ. This is a rat fake offense. And I don't, <laughs> I don't trust it in the playoffs. It's like, all right, like, can I enjoy regular season wins? Like, do you sure. think this fan base will be able to do that? I think if you get over 50 wins, I think you can. I think I think they can. I, th- I think you can get behind it. Um, but to your point, and, and this is why. How many times have we seen the Knicks have two consecutive good seasons going to the point, like going into the playoffs? Like, oh, wow, that's I can confidently say this team is at minimum a playoff caliber team. Like we can get through the regular season. You know, we know we're going to make the playoffs, right? You do that for two seasons in a row. Then I could say for the third season, it's like, all right, we, we know this. We, that's the expectation. Now it's how far can we make it? So if the Knicks make it to a second round appearance, right? Again, depending on like where they position, who are they facing up against, how they get knocked out or like that, that's all going to come into play. But I think another good season of the Knicks showing co- that they're a competitive team, that they're a playoff worthy caliber team. Yeah, you got like... Look, man, I think if anything we saw when Julius Randle had his first all-star, all-NBA, MIP season, like the next season went downhill. Like we were mm-hmm. all frustrated, angry for for many reasons. And it's like, can this team bounce back? And then you get Jalen Brunson like, all right, so is this just a playing team? Like, are we, what's going to happen? And then we make it to the second round and you're like, okay, nothing's ever guaranteed in the NBA. This is the most we've ever, we've had with parity throughout the league so if this team can two years consecutively be a legitimate playoff team yeah i think you can get behind it because it's not it's been a while since we've said oh look at this like the 90s we gotta go back all the way to the 90s where it's like all right we're making it to the playoffs we know that how far can we actually make it this time right we haven't had that for for quite some time except for a short stint with mel where it's like this is gonna be a playoff team three seasons and then you, you, you go run into the paces and then roy hibbert decides to have you know a career mm-hmm. of a lifetime during that series and then fade out into oblivion. So like for the Knicks, like if you're a fan, it's two seasons in a row being consecutively good. Yeah. I can get behind that. I would say once it gets to the third season 
after this one, then it's like, now I need to know what you can do. Because at this point, like just, just making an appearance means nothing. Right. Especially if the way I think we both think the following off season is going to go with players that may end up in mm. a Knicks uniform, but that's a, another conversation. <laughs> Another, another, uh, what do you think? Do you think the fans can get behind us, Andrew? Like, what are your thoughts on it? So it's funny. I'm talking to someone from Knicks fan TV on here, um, about this specific topic. I think you and I can absolutely enjoy it because we enjoy when I just, I'll just, let's have a real conversation here, Alex. It's good for business when the Knicks are good. So we will enjoy when the Knicks are winning games. A 50 win Knicks season is, um, just, a party that you want to be a part of. And I think like there's a lot of people in the content world that are really good at throwing said party. And I would like to attend said party. I think you'd know this better than anybody from two years ago. Like everybody was kind of done with the season by the all-star break. So the last two months of Knicks games was like a, a formality that it was like, all right, we got a post game tonight. No, I have no idea. I don't really want to talk about this team. Oh, great. Cam Johnson buzzer beater. It's looking forward to the tank. And we'd have like these 10 to 12 minutes of, oh, great. Obi's in. Oh, great. Quickly's in. It's like, oh, great. The lineup we wanted to see. And you get that comeback against the heat. And it's a sign of what could be if the right rotation is put in place. And then we finally got it last year. And it's just been, you know, rainbows and sunshine since then um i think i think a 50 win next season which has only happened once this century will will be able to be celebrated i i really do think that i i think you read it right that this is probably the last year where regular season success will be enjoyed especially if they're about to do an all-in upgrade to the roster, like go all in for, for an Embiid for, I mean, I, I'm, I'm on the fence about how serious the honest stuff is, but if the honest stuff is serious, then like that, that'll change everything. Like we are mm-hmm. then just kind of on hold until the playoffs. There's also, and this is admittedly, I've curated my Twitter timeline to things I want to see. Um, <laughs> there are certain people that just are determined to be miserable about oh, the yes. and the way that they're run and how, even though they have like a, a significantly young roster, they're one of the teams that have gotten better over the past couple couple of years, not gotten worse, which I think is the most fascinating part about the East rankings right now. I know how you feel, but the difference between now and two years ago when they made they had that four seed and then they lost to the Hawks, it was like, well, can it be replicated? You look at you look at everybody else in the East, like I think the Cavs got better, but I have no clue if Boston got better because of them going all in on Porzingis and his health history. Milwaukee, I'm confident will be better. Miami, until they get Dame, I'm not sure if they're better than a seven seed. Mm. Um, the Sixers are a mess. Like Brooklyn, I'm, everybody gives them credit for like the, what they did after Katie and Kyrie. They went 13 and 21. That's what they did after Katie and Kyrie got traded. They're, they're a playing team. Yep. Um, like the Knicks are one of these teams that got better or, or at least kept the core together that it wouldn't shock me if they're a four seed or even a three seed next year. And I would hope that that is a sign of progress to even the most negative of Knicks fans <laughs> to be able to enjoy like, oh my gosh, this team's headed to a first round series that they're going to host this year. So that's at least my, my hope for this season. I don't know. 
Yeah, and I, I I agree with that, Andrew. I think and when you look at the East with how things have shaken out, like you can just write Philly off, right? There's no way to me anything that has happened is fixable. I mean, you have James Harden going out there and just calling Daryl Morey a liar, you know, mm-hmm. then getting fined for it. I like I don't know how that relationship is repaired for Embiid. You got to be looking at that situation like, what can you even get for James Harden at this point? And how are you even making a competitive team? So that's why like, there's a whole watch on Embiid at this point because Philly is just, you went from Ben Simmons to James Harden, two guys who continuously have choked in the playoffs. And like, I know Embiid's playoff history isn't great, but you know, as we see like with any team, like there's very few guys who are LeBron James who can legitimately carry a team <laughs> on their back all the way to the finals. And for that, like Philly, Philly for me is like out. Bucks, they're going to be good. So I'm not a big believer in the Celtics, man. I think they lost like the heart and soul of that team once you traded Marcus Smart. Like defensive grittiness, like he he's. Been, we're talking about like the longest tenured Celtic, okay? And there's mm-hmm. like I look, you know, I live out here in Boston, and there it's it is split between what how they feel about game rid of Marcus Smart, where there's some fans who are like, oh, you know, he was always chucking up shots at the last minute. It should have been Tatum or Brown. And there's some fans who are like. <laughs> <laughs> we lost an edge, man. Like he's that edge, and I'm like from an outsider. Like I don't trust Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum because none of them have showed me that true leadership where the ball should is in their hands. Like they should have the shot last shot, but it never ended up in their hands because they didn't want the last shot. You know what I mean? It right. Was, right. Smart's right. like, yo, it's me. I got this. I, I'm the only one with the cojones right now to go out there and do this. So let me go do it. Um, so I don't believe in Boston. So it's like I don't even really think the Cavs got that much better. I think it's like status quo almost like they brought back Levert, George's Niang. Okay. Like you got Max Struess. All right. You know, like that's not really intimidating to me. I mean, the only way it's intimidating is Evan Mobley takes another leap forward in his development. That's like, that's what I have to see. Like he, he, him being that legitimate score, that would be like, all right, that's a legitimate team to be afraid of. But then everyone else in the East, like Pacers will be a fun team. I don't like the bulls. I don't like the Hawks. Um, Orlando's going to be spunky. Wizards going to suck. Uh, Detroit is not even there yet. Like we keep running down the list. Like what other team is out there? So for you saying the Knicks could be a three and four C, like it's very doable. Like you will get like on paper right now, very doable. Like everyone has to stay healthy, and with their continuity, it's it's right there, man. It's right there for them. Hey there, Knicks fans. It's your boy, Jonathan Macri. You've been hearing me talk about Barry and his team over at the law offices of Weiss and Rosenblum for almost a year now. It's a partnership I'm very proud to be a part of because as a former personal injury attorney myself and a Knicks fan, I know the difference that a great legal team can make. Barry has been at this for over 35 years and has informed me that since the 2023 Knicks season ended, he has resolved cases in the amounts of 1.4, 1.5, 1.75, and $3.75 million, as well as obtaining winning results on many less significant cases. Just like the great basketball franchises, Weiss and Rosenblum's long track record of sustained excellent results speak for themselves. Visit them at weissandrosenblum.com today and explore for yourself, or better yet, give Barry a call at 212 366-6100, where he will offer a consultation on your possible matter completely free of charge, as well as chat about the upcoming Knicks season as he has been a rabid fan for over 50 years. You know the tagline. If you think you might have a case, talk to a veteran attorney, not a rookie. No case is too big or too small. That number again is 212-366-6100. Previous results do not guarantee future outcomes. So quick question. Does my mic sound better now? It does. 
Yes. So I'm going to take everybody behind the scenes because this goes back to last episode. So we had Ty Windish, uh, part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network, who hosts the Gyro Step. I'm calling it Gyro Step. It's technically called the Euro Step, but it's spelled Euro. Gyro. Yep. 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 It's spelled G- Gyro Step, and that's what I'm calling Look, it. Man, the, the Greek heritage of me is getting a little hurt right now. For fine, the Euro Step. I don't mean to disres- be disrespectful, but I'm a New Yorker and I can pronounce things however I want to pronounce things. Um, <laughs> My mic was not connected on that. So anytime I jumped on, it was the camera audio that everybody heard. And Mm. because I can't do a sound check on myself, I'm dependent on the person across from me. I'm not getting at you for this. More getting at Mr. Macri for this because he recognized it and didn't say anything. I wrote a post-it that I didn't put in here, but I put out there and was like, okay, put it in your office. So that way, when you're recording, you check your connection. So the reason now, everybody, that you hear an actually good microphone and not the bad audio from the first half hour of this interview is because even the best of executive producers have off days. And I'm clearly, I had a bad first 30 minutes here. I apologize, everybody, for the horrific audio, but uh, I love talking to Alex, uh, regardless of what my audio sounds like in this capacity. So Alex, we'll have a much better sounding podcast for the rest (laughs) of the time going forward. Now that my mic is actually connected, shout out to to Shane, one of our patrons who said, Claudio, how upset were you when you got into post and heard what your mic sounded like? And I was like, you have no idea. Well, Shane, we're going to have the exact same thing happen when I edit this thing later tonight. Anyway, I am excited about the Knicks upcoming season, partly because when I look at the rest of the New York landscape, Alex, uh, the Knicks are, are pretty up there for the power rankings of New York sports teams. And this transitions perfectly into what I want to talk to you about today. Yeah. Because I do this every summer where I... It depends on who the, the person is that I like to talk about the entire New York sports landscape. Last year, we did it with Schmilk. Um, We've done it with a couple other of the New York sports. Um, like We had a Yankee person on once just to see what the power ranking was of the, the eight or nine New York sports teams and, and who has the belt at the moment. Dare I say our New York football Jets have Woo-hoo. the belt at the moment, Alex. For better or for worse, because this could very easily go 7 and 10 again. And I'm I'm looking up and it's like, oh my gosh, what what happened to this season? This was supposed to be a like they're on hard knocks. They got Aaron Rodgers. I am so cautiously optimistic, but dare am I dare dare I start to dream, Alex. How are you doing with our football team at the moment? Oh my God, Claudio, I think you said it perfectly, which is like we've had the conversation too about, you know, whether do we want Rodgers. Uh, Lamar Jackson, like, how do we go after this? Like, we've had a full-on debate about this, and mm-hmm. and our <laughs> you wanted Lamar, right? I did want Lamar, yeah. But look, man, like, Rogers is here. I'm a I'm a true Jets fan. How can I not just like throw on my fandom and just be like, all right, man, let's do this. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Um, look, man, cautiously optimistic, man. And I don't know if it's just because, well, I do know what it is because it's, it's, we're Jets fans and we just know that it could come slap us right in the face at any moment. Like when the Jets are underdogs, like for the most part, it's like, okay, that's when everything's good, right? It's like, say that with the Knicks. When they're underdogs, everything's good. Once you start putting expectations on this team, although I feel like for this Knicks team, it's different just because you have Jalen Brunson at the helm. For the Jets and where they are right now with Aaron Rodgers, probably having for two years, the rest of the team is really good and young. 
I'm like you. I'm cautiously optimistic just because the last time we got a Green Bay quarterback and, and what happened, it's like things started out great. And then it went all downhill. So it's like, I just don't want history to repeat itself. That's one. Uh, two, like I said, like just Jets fandom, like, you know, we watched Mark Sanchez for those two seasons, like back to back AFC championship appearances. And then going into that third season with Mark Sanchez, you know, we get Plaxico Burrs, we get Derek Mason, you know, mm-hmm. like Antonio Holmes is back. Um, and, and then you think about, okay, uh, this team is legitimately good. Then you put some expectations on it, right? You go Tannenbaum, Rex Ryan, go out and do the Jets thing, go out and get the big names, mm-hmm. right? Uh, of the offseason on paper looks great. And then just falls flat in the face where it's like, we could have had a chance. Said so we go eight and eight, right? And we lose in Miami. San Antonio Holmes gets benched. And I'm like, you know what, man? Like this is, it's just like, yo, it just burns. It's just salt in the wound. And what made, for that year, what made it worse is that I, there was this Giants fan on my route for where I used to work. And he's like, the Jets, he always told me, he's like, the Giants are going to, I don't know how he predicted this. He was like, the oh, Giants God. are going to make the playoffs and they're going to make it to the Super Bowl and the Jets are going to go eight and eight. I was like, I was looking at this guy. I'm like, you're crazy, man. Like after last year, how is this even, how is it even possible? The fact that it actually played out that way. You, you, like, I did not want to see this guy once the playoffs started. I was like, yo, what? I just like don't want to see. And he's like looking at me dead in the eye. It's like he had this vendetta against me because I was a Jets fan. I was like, look, man, just stop. Like, it, it, it's like, and I was like 21 at the time. This guy was like, I want to say he was like 57. And it's like, yo, what, oh, what, wow. what's going on here? Like, it's not even like, you know, our peers at this point, just like our age group talking to one another, just shit talking. It's like legitimately someone's just looking at me just like, Ah, your team sucks. Like you have no idea. I'm like, okay, man. And then for it to all play out like that, it was the most infuriating time. I just wanted to be under a rock. Didn't want to see this guy. I didn't want anything to do. Just didn't even want to go to work at that point. So I just think about those times as being a Jets fan. I'm like, please, for the love of God, let this work out for Aaron Rodgers and the Jets, because there, there's a legitimate chance, as you said, for this team to be good. So I don't want to speak for anybody, but there's a large debate in the KFS faculty at the moment mm. um, because the king of optimism himself, Mr. Mensa, Mensa Smith mm. uh, has been writing some checks on behalf of the New York Jets that I then unfortunately get roped into because I'm excited about the season, but he's said the, the S word Super Bowl uh, a couple times. And while I'm excited about this season and think they'll be very good and I'm not going to like say they can't get to the Super Bowl. I think they're that good. I know the playoffs are kind of random, especially when there's a Mahomes and a Burrow and an Allen that you're going to have to get through in some way, shape, or form in the postseason. Um, and the the idea, again, of enjoying the journey is what I'm trying to stick to. Like, Did you watch the, the Netflix series Quarterback? Where they yes they yes yes so so you have Mahomes you have Kirk Cousins and you have Mariota that they yep. all followed for a full season well Mariota for about five episodes and then he <laughs> um, <laughs> Kirk Cousins and the Vikings went thirteen and four hosted a playoff game and then lost to the New York Giants mm-hmm. and I was trying to we did our fantasy draft last night our fantasy football draft for KFS last night and I was saying like not knowing the if I didn't know that they'd lose in the playoffs, would I sign up right now for 13 and four, a division title and a home playoff berth, and then just play out the playoffs as it lies, you know, like would I sign up for that right now. 
And I said, absolutely. And then like, if, if you lose in the first round, would that, that would, would that erase what this season was? And I like, I guess the, the better question is, would you sign up for just a 13 and four? Would you sign up for the Viking season for last year? Cause the journey would be outstanding. You know, I think because oh, you man. know the destination, it's, it's tough to say yes, but like going 13 and four and hosting a playoff game and winning the AFC East would just be like the most fun I've had probably ever watching Jets football. Yeah, oh, it'd be the best record they've sure. ever have in, in my lifetime, or at least since I've been watching football, you know? For sure. No, and like, I think, especially for what the Jets have been through for so long, uh, Jets fans, like, yes, off the rip, you take that. You take that season, you're like, 13 and four is great. You know, you're winning essentially almost every damn week. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, you're going to have probably home field advantage at that point for 13 and four. It's just hard for me if that was a destination to then lose round one because the thing is that we have Aaron Rodgers for two years, right? Mm-hmm. So it's it's like it's tough to say, all right, next year's gonna do it because next year's never promised, man. And especially if everyone's healthy and mm-hmm. that's the biggest thing in football is injuries. It's so hard for me to say I could accept that. And I think I'm on the fence about that because for me, it's like if you have Aaron Rodgers, a Hall of Fame quarterback, and the team is like, I'm like, look, we look, I'm looking at that defensive line, man. You, you're talking about eight deep that can go like the second unit could go be a starter on another mm-hmm. team. That's how good the defense, defensive line is. You know, then you think about we got a solid secondary, especially at the cornerback position. Like it's, it's hard for me to say you got a really good team, especially when you look at the offense too, to say, yeah, you know. 13 or four is great. If we make it to the playoffs, that's awesome. If we lose, all right, we had a great season, the great time. It's like, it's so, it's so short lived. So two things, first of all, as far as defensive line depth, like you want to talk about the, how I processed, how good this jets defense and especially this front seven is going to be. Did you see the Bosa stuff going around on Twitter the other day? The Joey Bosa is apparently, so apparently like I didn't take too much of it seriously because it it stemmed from a, a Reddit insider and apologies mm-hmm. to Reddit. You're not an insider, um, <laughs> but like it stemmed from there and made its way into the jet Twitter world. And it was like, Oh my gosh, Joey Bosa might be available in a trade and that there's a prominent AFC team that might be making a trade for him in like the next 48 hours. And people were posting pictures of Robert Sala when he was in San Francisco with Joey Bosa and the mm. idea of Quinton Williams next to Joey Bosa. Not Joey Bosa, Nick Bosa. That's right. Nick Bosa is the one in San Francisco. Regardless, my thought process was like, I think if I want to give up assets, I don't want... Like, they don't need a defensive edge. No, like, they don't. have edge. Like, they're fine on the edge. They're fine yep. in, in the trenches. They're... Like it's crazy to say you don't need a Bosa on your team, but like if it's if there was a star offensive lineman or you know a wide receiver that plays for the Vegas Raiders that might be available in a trade, maybe then we're cooking. But I still I, that's how I processed it. How how deep the 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 front seven is specifically in that that uh, defensive line room. Um, look, you said it because you know the destination. It's impossible to be like I'd sign up for that right now. I think because, like you said, the Rodgers of it all, the the clock is kind of like these next two years have to result in some deep playoff runs. One that ends on the last NFL game of the season, whether they win or lose mm-hmm. said game. Um, I just, it's similar to the Knicks, man, where 
I'll just, I haven't seen a lot of deep playoff runs, at least the Knicks, I at least have some of the nineties that can point to and be like, yeah, I've, right. I've seen my team play the last NBA game of the season. Right. The Jets, I've seen them play the second to last game of the NFL season a couple times, but yeah. I've never seen them <laughs> play the actual last game of the season. And that goes with the guarding of expectations. I know I would enjoy the hell out of a 13 and four season. I know I would also be devastated if it ended in the first round, especially if it's two uh, 10 and 17 that I don't think it's very good. Um, no offense, giant fans, but that leads perfectly <laughs> Alex into the thing that we're about to do. So let's go. Who runs New York? That is a thing I do every summer. At least I try to do every summer where we take an audit of the power rankings of the teams, but in this case, we're going to do the players of basically who, based on popularity, notoriety, mm -hmm. talent, dominance, performance on and off the court, who runs New York? And I wanted to see if, how close our top five lists, or maybe even we'll see if we can get to 10, our top 10 lists would be. So let's start with number one. I'm going Aaron Rodgers. I'm just all in that Aaron Rodgers currently runs New York. Is that a fair thing to say? It's tough. I had, going, I had two players. I, I, I had two players for this. Um, but I think if you talk about the sport, popularity, American, like like American sport right there, right? Like one of the big four. It's got to be football. It's going to be Aaron Rodgers just because, well, the Yankees, the Mets have not held up their bargain. Uh, the, the Knicks, while they're a young and up-and-coming team, as much as I love Jalen Brunson, it's he's very young in his career and like becoming like as being a star, potentially a superstar. I think he's a superstar right now based on his play. But for that, I think I think it's still too young. And then like the Liberty are killing it, man. Like the Liberty are doing a great job this season. And I'm looking at Brianna Stewart and like she's actually the one who I would say it could be number one, but I think when I'm looking at it from like, you know, US standpoint, what people tune their most of their eyes to, it is football. I gotta go with Aaron Rodgers because he's just as soon as he came to New York, man, he's showing up to Knicks games, Rangers games, he's all over the mm -hmm. place, man. And then everyone's like, Aaron Rodgers is New York Jet. Look, I mean, we're on hard knocks, man. Like mm -hmm. they, they were like, yo, you got Aaron Rodgers. We need this on hard knocks right now. Like 100 percent So I gotta I gotta agree with you that it's Aaron Rodgers, man, just because the hype is there. Hopefully it all plays out. <laughs> so where do you go? Number two, Brianna Stewart. So you go Stewart over Brunson. Cause I have, I have, I have Stewie and I have Yanisku on my list, but I don't have them ahead of Jalen Brunson. I think I'm going to give the respect to Brianna Stewart right now, just because, well, the Liberty are just killing it, man. She is leading in a lot of statistical categories for the Liberty. We're talking about scoring, rebounding, steals, blocks. Um, she is just doing it all. The Liberty are second right now. They just won the Commissioner's Cup. They're a legit team, man. Um, they're they're fighting against the the Aces at this point and the Suns. So I'm I'm gonna go with Brianna Stewart, man, just because once she was signed, like we're talking about articles being written about a superstar team uh, for the Liberty. So I'm gonna go with her just because she's also been killing it. I don't disagree. Believe me, I every time I check the the Liberty box score, it's just another monster night. Or um, I think because of the Team USA of it all, and when you have someone being named captain, that's getting no getting attention and sound clips about them from someone like a Steve Kerr. Uh, I will go to 
Um, I will go to Jalen Brunson with my number two. And I guess I'm just uh, an awful uh, anti-feminist that I don't have Stewie at number three either because I'm going with Aaron Judge at number three okay. uh, because of the team that he plays for, because of the... A, the Yankees are such a fascinating thing to talk about. Notoriety <sighs> is is the thing that is part of the calculation here that I'm, I'm fascinated by. Cause if you want to talk about the number one Yankee figure that not runs New York, but is like on the minds of New Yorkers when it comes to Yankees, it's Brian Cashman. And he's not like making this list. Cause I, this list is more positive than negative. Right. He's not making this list. <laughs> he's absolutely not. But like, man, I, I'm so back and forth because I, I do think he's done a good job, but I do not have a Yankee fan in my life that agrees with me on that. It, They're the, it, the number one. And like you're a Yankee fan, so I'm sure you could speak to it. Look, I think it, it's so hard, man, because when you look at the Steinbrenners and you look at that family and like what he did with, with, with Jeter, you're talking about Posada, you're talking about, um, Oh my God! You're talking about you got Pettit, uh, you got Rivera, Pettit, you got Bernie, Rivera, yeah, Bernie. You got you got so many guys, man. So many guys, and just like that core four Yankee team, just will like live on in infamy, right? Even though it's really five because of all those guys we just talked about. And I just at this like at some point, someone's tenure has to end and let some fresh new ideas come in. I think the Yankees have just passed on like all the rule changes. Like it's an old team. Like they're not necessarily the most athletic with the new rule changes. So I, I'm looking at this team saying it needs some juice. Like Aaron judge is great. Garrett Cole. We're talking about Cy Young compet- competition right now, man, the way he's performing this season, like one of the very few lone bright spots, if not the bright spot on the Yankees, even though when you talk about King in New York or face in New York for their franchise and teams, like it is going to be judged just because he's been here longer. Got that contract extension. Um, but it's like there's just so much more that needs to be done to this team, man. Like I just watch it; it's just it's just so frustrating. And to see that when Judge was out to, due to a toe injury, and that they can't figure out how to just stay water and just maintain and win without him, it's just that's that's infuriating. That that's that's terrible. So this is why I have Aaron Judge so high. I think this would have been the case last year. Like you look at that Yankee team; they just was not a good oh, team oh, after oh, after oh, Aaron oh. Judge. Home run leader, man. Like, of course, you got not do just that even too. the home run leader, the home run record setter, and that. Like, you want to talk about the value of what he did last year? I think last year's team was this year's team, and then Aaron Judge masked all of it because he was breaking Roger Maris's American League record. If he yeah. doesn't do that last season, I think that's like a ninety-win team, an eighty-five-win team. Like, if if what he what happened to him this year happened last year, I think you would have seen all of the rot that exists in this in this franchise and. We would just have had this conversation or this fallout a year earlier. Um, it look, I'm not. I, I, I like poking at Yankee fans. They like poking back at Mets fans. I, I know. <laughs> I just it, it just is funny because of the standards that I think. Again, I would enjoy the hell out of a hundred win season, regardless of what it's happens. Tough to man. Look, as but as when you have Yankee expectations, and it's like, well, how does the season end? That's what matters. Yeah. yeah. Yankee expectations are much different than a regular, you know, I mean, talk about a, a sport with no cap. You can go out there and spend. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the wealthiest franchise out there in an MLB. And it's like, you should be able to put together a contender like off the rip. And I know like we, we love to see like homegrown talent. Once again, going back to the five guys you just talked about, right. Especially the core four 
homegrown talent right there. Um, but like the fact that we're not even getting competent level of play at this point, like, like, come on, man. Like we should be fifth in the, we should not be fifth in yeah. the East. The AL East were fifth. Like I'm behind Boston right now. Like, come on. Like, so especially with the money that you spend, you have, come on. It's just, it's just not, it should not be happening. So that's why it's like, how are we having Garrett Cole who's having a Cy Young year and we can't even get him help, man? How come? You know what I mean? Like th- this is where I'm like, at th- something has to change at this point, like as a Yankee fan. But I agree with your list, by the way, just so that we don't get too far off track. Because no. I can go, but oh, go ahead, I, go ahead, go ahead. I would say, I would say though, with after Stewart, I would probably go Judge and then Brunson as oh, much wow. as I love Brunson. No, I, it's, it's, not, it's, not even, it's not even shade to Brunson at this point. I just think like he's still so young in his career, man. Like I'm really looking at that as like young, like young career for him being in New York. And like, I know people are going to love what he did. I love what he did. But I think if you're going to put like faces, like where they are, contracts and all that stuff, I'm going to go with Judge over Brunson. So Brunson would be four for me. Judge would be three. You got Brianna at two. And you got Aaron Rodgers at one. Can I convince you to put Jalen Brunson over Stewie and to make make it that to your two, three, four? Can I try to convince you? Can I make the case? You could. Okay. Yeah. So the Aaron Rodgers pick at one is because he transcends New York. Like nationally, internationally, you know who Jalen Brunson is. Uh, you know who Aaron Rodgers is. Jalen Brunson, I believe, is the best player on the most popular team in New York. Now that can vary. New York can, when the Yankees are good, especially when they're making deep playoff runs, which hasn't happened in a while, um, can become a Yankee town. And it's like the pinstripes and yada, 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 and all the the history and Babe Ruth and this and that, like that can over, that can take over the entire city. I don't know how much it transcends New York though. Whereas I think Jalen Brunson being on the Knicks and what they did last year can transcend like internationally. I mean, you see it from Knicks fan TV. I just wonder if like, if you think about New York sports right now, the number one image is probably Aaron Rodgers. is the number Mm -hmm. two image, not Jalen Brunson. I think there's, I think that's a legitimate good case, especially with the feeble world cup and everything they noted. I just don't know how popular the feeble world cup is outside to basketball aficionados, right? Like how much is like your, uh, how much is like your average fan tuning in and like hearing what Jalen Brunson's doing, like outside of like watching the Knicks, like who else is tuning into like uh, the world cup where you're like buying ESPN plus or buying any of these other subscriptions to go to see what he's doing on a regular basis internationally. That, that would be like my pushback towards it. If anything, if, if anything, this would be the, I would put judge at two Brunson at three, Brianna Stewart at four. If you want to go that route, just because when the Yankees get going, all right, Yankees are not just a New York team. We're talking about an international team. Like no, the Yankees are more so than the Knicks, probably an yeah. international team. Yeah. And when the Yankees are when the Although, Yankees are hot, everyone everyone knows. Everyone's wearing a Yankee hat, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, is baseball international? Well, yeah. We actually saw the World Baseball Classic make the case that baseball is an international yep. game more so than basketball. I would think. I don't know. The, there's a case. I think Stewie would be my four. Like I'll go Brianna Stewart four. Is she the MVP over Asia? By the way, I'll go that route. I mean, she's legit leading in all categories. <laughs> she is. So she's having a Mike Trout kind of year where it's just, she is. She is like well, outside okay, of let me. Let me basketball court. She's having a Jokic kind of year. Yeah, she is. Yeah, okay. she is. 
All right. So I'll put Stewie at four. Now, number five is fascinating. Mm. So first of all, we have the same players at four, just different order. So you're going Aaron Rodgers. Are you sticking with Stewart at two, Aaron Judge three, Jalen Brunson four? I'll swap it. I'll move Judge up. I'll put put, put Brianna at four because now that I'm talking myself into it, I could see Judge being two, Brunson at three. And okay. even though, even though, like, let, it, let, it be, let the record show, I gave Brianna Stewart the respect to be number two because she's killing it right now. But the the thing is, like, the more we talk about it and we think it from like a world like eyes on view perspective, like WNBA needs to get more eyes. Like I've been tuning in more than I have been in the past this season. Um, but I'm gonna say, like, if anything, she could be four because just like the amount of eyes that you get for like on basketball. Look, I'm not going to pretend I'm the biggest advocate or at least that I've done a good job as an advocate for the sport. I cannot wait for these WNBA playoffs. That's how top heavy the league is in particular, where you have mm-hmm. the sun, you have the aces, you have the liberty. It's also just like, I don't want to turn this into a Dolan fest or, or a Dolan bash fest, but like letting that team go to Brooklyn is just, Yo, imagine, it hurt. If these, imagine if these games are being played at the garden. Bro, it you hurts. Know, it if hurts. this team was playing their home games at the garden. It hurts. Just, it would add, like you want to talk about adding attention you know crazy? to the league, you know. I used to work at a summer camp for like six summers, and every year we'd take. I wasn't part of the the older group. I, I was working with the younger, like the, the like the kindergartners, the first graders, second, third graders, all that group. Um, the older kids always went to a Liberty game every summer. I, I I hope they're still I hope they're still doing that because mm-hmm. to watch games like this and because it was so cheap to go to a Liberty game that they would just do it for like a field trip. But I hope they're still doing it, man, because yo, Liberty, you're killing it right now. Like just give the support in general though. But yeah. 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 All right. Number five. Now here's the funny part. I want to try and give the giants some credit. Okay. Make the playoffs. I have no idea who to put here. I don't look at one player above the rest. I guess Daniel Jones, because he's the quarterback Mm. Saquon, because we're all doing fantasy football drafts is going in the first and second round in a lot of leagues. Like the number one face of the giants for me, at least is either the coach or the guy whose name I don't know because Aaron Rodgers doesn't know who he is. Like the guy from hard knocks that went after Aaron Rodgers and then it became a thing. I don't know who you are. He Thanos him. I don't even know who you are. I, even, like, I, I, I think his name is Jihad Ward. I'm not going to pretend that. I honestly I, do not care because, right. it, like, and for Giants fans to get very sensitive about the issue, it's okay. It's okay. Giants fans sensitive? What? It, what? This it's is it's okay. We, this is where having JD would have been good because then he could have come with the Giants perspective. But guess what? He's not here. Um, <laughs> I am either going to play Daniel Jones here or Pete Alonzo. Who are you? Who do you think? I should put you on. Not Lindor. You're not thinking Lindor. So, I think Francisco Lindor is outstanding. I also think to shout out to the 1990s. I also think chicks dig the lawn ball. Like I think Pete Alonso being one of the only players ever to have four of his first five seasons have 35 home runs. Um, to be on pace for like. Like he's he's on pace for like one of the best power hitting careers if he sticks to the pace that he's on. Then you add in what with notoriety, the extension talk that's turned into are they gonna trade him? That they they made him available, and he's just putting all of that on the back burner and hitting bombs in the process. 
Uh, I would like the face of the Mets is Pete Alonso, whereas I think the best player on the Mets is Francisco Lindor. Okay. You know, um, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Saquon just I'm because Saquon. I'm going to go with Saquon just because he was the number two overall pick. Um, I know Giants fans were really hyped uh, that he, that he's returning. Uh, I think Daniel Jones still has to, even though he did, he had an awesome, outstanding season last year. I think there's still much. I think there's still more for him to earn the trust of Giants fans. Like I know that you can go in there being optimistic that he can replicate that same similar season, but with Saquon at least, like you know that this dude is a stud running back. He was taking number two overall. Like I think the hype with him coming back gives more stability to Daniel Jones, not the other way around. So I'm gonna go with Saquon at number five. I'll go Pete. It's okay. my it's because it's my list. Like the Mets fan has to yeah. put Pete there, you know. Yeah. Um, I will go Daniel Jones at six because of he's the quarterback. Mm. Like I think the quarterback gets right or wrong, gets the attention of the team. And mm. as a result, like I, I do think like you're everything you said about Saquon is correct, and he probably is gonna make my top ten. But I'll go, I'll go Daniel Jones at number six. So where do okay. you go at number six? I think I'll go with Pete Alonso for all the reasons you noted. Um, isn't he third right now? And like, is he third for home runs home, right now in the sport? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Had, so if you go from his rookie season in 2019, he has the most home runs of anybody since he entered the major leagues. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. Then I mean, right there is just Pete Alonso. You're <laughs> he's he, he's a. It, it's why the idea of trading him is just it's asinine. Like I understand you would get a haul for him and maybe you get a first base prospect in there that turns into Pete Alonzo, but you know, what's better Pete Alonzo who's already here. And is that person like you already have him, right? You don't need anybody to try and turn into him. Goodness. The takes that are floating around out there. All right. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So I will go, I will go, uh, there's, I'm eventually going to need to put a second jet on here, but so I'm at number seven. Yep. And I will put, this just became a, a very tough list. It's got to be honest. The, now, now we're at the point of the list where I'm, I'm, I'm calculating because we, we wanted to try and make this as draft like as possible. But where are you leaning at the moment at seven? I'm going to Gardner. You're going sauce. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm going sauce Gardner. Look, man, I think just the name, the he he's been all over the place this summer, man. Talk about winning defensive rookie of the year. Like, come on. Like this dude, 
stud look when they did the promo for uh for uh, hard knocks who, who 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 they have there in the promo it's sauce going against garrett wilson like there, mm-hmm. there's a reason for that um i mean he's getting he's getting like people were attacking him like how good is he is he as, as a quarterback there's that debate going on like in twitter spaces amongst uh current nfl players and former nfl players uh, none shall be named for who played for the Eagles. I don't really care. And the Patriots. We're not going to talk about your name because good ward, man. Good oh, ward. Man. You're talking, you're the one coming out here making these arguments. Please. Um, so I'm gonna go Sa- Sauce Gardner, man. He's had quite the offseason, quite a stellar rookie career. Um, he was a massive bright spot for the Jets while the while uh not Garrett Wilson, but uh a- another Wilson was uh just pooping the bed. <laughs> I have no idea who you're talking about. Mm. That guy doesn't matter to me anymore. He does not exist in my life at the moment. So you see those, oh, do you see those conversations on Twitter where it's like, oh, look, he's making uh, he's making progress as a quarterback. I I, I got to be honest. Any complimentary Zach Wilson things that have showed up on my timeline. I've just been like, oh, that good. I'm glad you're you're believing. I hope you believe in yourself when you believe <laughs> in Zach Wilson, because I, I see a backup playing against other backups and looking above average, which don't know how much I take of a guy looking above average against backups. You know, I'd rather him look outstanding. So that way I trust him more against starters. Like I don't blame like people are like when they, when anyone ever talks about, you know, a player was drafted to this position, they have to be great. I'm like, no, 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 no. That's not how I look at it. Like I don't ex- like just because Zach was drafted at two, I don't ex- like, it's not his job to be great. However, because the jets drafted at two, I expect competent quarterback play from him. Mm-hmm. Uh, does that make sense? Does that make sense? Yeah, like my, it absolutely does. Yeah. yeah. So like because the Jets drafted him too, I can't get hyped for a guy that's looking competent <laughs> at this stage of his career. We Good can't. Good for Zach Wilson. Yeah, I, hope he yeah. has a, I hope he does have a career. I would not have taken him at two. I was more of a Justin Fields guy over Zach Wilson. I'm like, I'm watching him at BYU. I'm like, this ain't me, man. Like, I cannot, I cannot get behind this. When it, like we know this as Knicks fans, like celebrating competence is not like a small feat, but it's like the bare minimum. It's like, oh great, we're competent. Like you're grading on that curve. Thank God you can throw a check down pass now. I've been waiting for right. seasons, man. You should have been able to do that day one. So it's not like for him, it's like. I'm sorry that you got drafted too. You probably should have gotten drafted later, but for the Jets and like, now you're trying to sell me like that. Our number two quarterback is now throwing a check down pass. And like, I got to be hyped for the progress that he's made. It's like, no, I'm not, I'm not getting hyped for that. Please. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go Garrett Wilson instead of sauce. I, I'll pick, you'll go the defensive guy. I'll go the offensive rookie of the year. Um, mm. And we'll, we'll go that way. Uh, so that way you get two jets represented. I'll go Saquon at eight. Um, Saquon. For all the reasons you mentioned, where do you go at eight? Mm. I have a I think, hot take at nine. I think I'll, I'll save it. I think Lindor has to go eight. So you're going Lindor at eight. Okay. Yeah. He is so underrated. Like it, I think he should have made the all-star game the last two years. Now it doesn't matter making the all-star team. No, but like the fact that he's four years into his three years into his Mets tenure, is for my money, he's the best defensive shortstop in baseball. You're getting power numbers out of him. Every advanced metric is in his favor. And he's having another really, really solid season. And there's still so many like, well, you gave him all this money and they're pointing to the contract. And 
because he's not carrying you. I just, I, I don't think it's people not, realize. Not I think people realize what he's good at. That isn't like he's so good at literally everything else in a sport that. You don't. You need more than one person to carry exactly. Yeah, I was about to say know? this is not the sport where it's like it could be like even in football, right? You can have like that one guy that like really changes everything, um, especially if it's the quarterback. But baseball having one great guy. I mean, do we ha- do we have to go out to uh, L.A. and go see what Trout's going through? And it's like, yo, he's a phenomenal baseball player. But like, what How about this? Go to his teammate. Shohei Otani, <laughs> the best baseball, the best baseball player I've ever seen, and he's like the Angels are going to miss the playoffs again. Yeah, it's 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 for baseball. It is truly a full on effort. Like true, mm-hmm. all 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 guys got to be on the same page. Yeah. Um. So uh, you've got Lindority. Here's my hot take. All right. Going, jo- going Josh Hart at nine. Wow. Yeah. This is a belief. This is a this is wow. Me. Looking at the, the, the breast milk conversation, really put him up this high, huh? Good lord! Listen, listen, listen. So, Josh Hart, since he came to the Knicks, they were on a 56 win pace to end the season. Then they dusted the Cavs out in five in the first round. They got, got made quick work of a team that won 50 games, traded for Donovan Mitchell, the number one defensive rating in the league that everybody was saying like, oh, they're they're a sneaky dark horse team to get to the finals if they could just get by, uh, get through that second round series against the Bucks, which I'll give them a chance to. Nope. What ended up happening? Nixon five because of what Josh Hart has brought to the table. Mitch Robinson, what he's brought to the table, obviously had a lot to do with it, but the dimension of being able to depend on rebounding from your guard position is outstanding. Then we go to FIBA and this may be me overrating FIBA and the complimentary words coming from Steve Kerr about Josh Hart. So much so that he inserted Josh Hart into his starting five. The angry if, Knicks fans are giving you the Arthur fist right now. That you're having and you know that. what? You can hate <laughs> on Steve Kerr, the head of Team USA, who agrees with me. Um, I think the addition of, of Josh Hart and, and also just it feels right to have the two Nova boys on, on the top 10 list because they, mm. they're becoming the face of the Knicks at the moment. Um, so yeah, I'll go, I'll go Josh Hart at number nine. Okay. Where, where am I at? What number am I at? You're at nine. You're at nine. I'm at nine right now? Okay. Yeah. You had, so so Pete Alonzo was six. Sauce yep. Gardner was seven. Francisco Lindor was eight. Okay. I'm going Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones. Okay. Yeah. Just because now, now I feel like it's appropriate for him where quarterback face of the New York Giants, first football team in the, in the, uh, for, for New York. You know what I mean? Like you gotta, you gotta put it, you gotta put some recognition on him. And like, he had a good season last year. Like this is the respect I'll give him for 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 where he should be on the totem pole in in New York. Like everyone's going to recognize who he is. Um, I mean, he's Eli's clone at this point. So, mm. like now it's just for him to to keep carrying on like his uh, his good performance from last season. You think the Giants are going to make the playoffs this year? I think they can. Yeah. Do you think they will? I think they will. Put I think they will. Spot. Okay. Yeah, I think they All will. They have the NFC's. You want like I hate the NFC East just because it's always like it's always a dog mess, man. It mm-hmm. is just like it's always like round robin every year who's good. Like, but I think the Giants are gonna. I think the Giants will make it. I think if you get a healthy Darren Waller, mm. that makes a big difference. Guy's gonna have so many targets this year. Um, oh, it's, he's gonna be fed, man. I hope. I hope yeah. everyone's taking Darren Waller. Like, not that you shouldn't have in the past because he was that good in Oakland. 
or Las Vegas, just from all the changes, but he's going to get peppered by Daniel Jones this year. <laughs> so I have some options at number 10. I've got Sabrina Ionescu mm-hmm. of the Liberty. Mm-hmm. I've got Garrett Cole, who's probably going to win the Cy Young. I've got Francisco Lindor. I think that's it. No disrespect. Sauce Gardner, I guess I should put in that mix too. I just don't feel right about putting three Jets on this list. It's a lot of Jets. <laughs> and I got to be honest, like this again is me overrating FIBA, but the RJ Barrett hive and the, <laughs> the rise of, of uh, Maple Mamba over there on team Canada and the, the clips of the games he's having, although SGA is having a better, better summer at the moment. I'll put RJ in the conversation too. No disrespect to Julius Randle, but I need to see you play a, another basketball game before I put you anywhere near. Can, can, can I take you on a side? I, I meant to ask you this earlier. Yeah, go ahead. I, I got to ask you this. Julius Randle's injury for, towards his ankle. Do you, how do you weigh that into the equation? Because I think a lot of this off season has been, um, I mean, we can give 10 and then we can go into this, but I just want to know your thoughts and opinion on like, how do you weigh that into like the evaluation of Julius Randle? It's absolutely part of the evaluation. I think because of what happened two years ago, um, it is just, it's part of it and not the entire evaluation. Like to just rush, brush off this past postseason, like, well, he got hurt. It's just not, it's not fair to fully minimize it to that, especially when the effort, deci- the effort questions and the defense questions were starting during the regular season before he got hurt. Like if you remember that West Coast trip that like he has the game against Miami mm-hmm. where um Bam took his lunch and that was the game where I filed away like, oh, I'm I'm kind of worried about this if this we end up matching up against the Heat in like a four five matchup in the playoffs. Um little did I know it was gonna be a, a five eight matchup in the second round, but I digress. Um then you go to the Clipper game where he has that horrific first half, almost gets ejected in the third. And you, he had like that stretch where it was like three straight games with a technical. And then he gets in Quickly's face and it's like, all right, what's going on with this dude? And I think Sean with a W said it perfectly that like, I don't like that with my best player, with one of my best players, I have to wonder what side of the bed he woke up on this morning to know whether or not I'm going to get a good performance. Mm-hmm. And that is part of the evaluation with Julius Randle. I take a I take his postseason performance for what it was. Like he when you look at the numbers wasn't as bad as you probably thought it was, but then when you actually were in the games and watching it, he was detrimental to a team that was trying to get to the next round of the playoffs. And if he's the one Nick that needed to show up with with Jalen Brunson in game six, then Jalen Brunson becomes a hero, scoring 40 points to get the Knicks to a game seven. Thousand percent. And he he's made made three baskets. If he makes six, which still wouldn't have been a good shooting night. Jalen Brunson is a hero. Um, so I think it's all part of the conversation with Julius. I don't think your team, you want to talk about the Tibbs ceiling. I don't think your Julius Randle ceiling is very high if he's your second best player. I think they're going to make a significant roster change in about a year that will make him your third best player. And then we'll see what Julius does in that type of role when your third best player is Julius Randle. I think your team could actually be pretty good. Um, but we'll see how he adjusts to to a role like that. So that's how I I take the injury as well as just the entire Julius Randall experience. Uh, I hope that answered your question. 
No, I think that's perfectly said because I'm with you, man. Like, I think when you look at, like, <clears throat> I can't, I can't, I see there's a good portion of Knicks fans are like, he was injured. You see that he's in a cast and it's like, first of all, just from like an ankle injury standpoint, it is very difficult to say, like, was that like, let me just say ankle surgery is very complex. Like, I don't know how much it was impacting his performance. Like there are situations where you get ankle surgery to remove the scar tissue. So that way it's not as injury prone in the future. So I don't know what type of surgery is that, but I do know that it can go that route where it could have been fine and playable, which it clearly was. He was able to play. And that's my thing. If you're able to play and they, they clear you, I'm expecting you to perform to some level of degree. So the fact that he was there and he still didn't give like number two best player effort or number two best player, like, type of production that doesn't sit right with me. You know what I mean? Like even when you're injured, like good players, there, there's a difference between good and great players. Like great players, even when they're hurt, figure out how to get it done. All right. Mm -hmm. Brunson nagging injuries. He figures out how to get it done, man. That's why I think he's great. That's why I think he's a superstar. Julius Randle's a very good player. And I think for good players, if something goes wrong and what, whether that's an injury or something like they can just easily fall off. And you can see that with RJ, you can see that with quickly. You can see that with a lot of other players that if you have that IQ, if you have that greatness in you to understand the game at another level, you know how to work around your injuries and your your shortcomings at that time. I just didn't see it. And for me, that that one place for it. Number two, I was concerned just like you going into the playoffs because right. after that Celtics game, I was there for that double OT game. I was like, yo, he looks gassed. Next game against Charlotte, done. Like he... He, he like you saw that he, he hung it in early West Coast trip was not there. You'd start talking about like the whole quickly thing and the discussions and like even against Orlando, you're like, what is going on here? Right. And even some of the numbers that you see from that point, the last 12 games just before the end of the season, you know, and right before he got hurt. I mean, he's shooting 28.6 percent from three. We're talking about shooting 42 percent from the field. He, like he's just it just went downhill, man. And so for that. Like, even though he was averaging 24 points, it was not efficient. Like, still gave you a good solid rebounding. But then his defense started to wane, too. Like, even worse than it was. Like, and he's not even the best defender. So, for me, like, I look at Julius Randle, I'm like, yo, I, I, I can't, I can't, I can't give it a pass like some people are doing. It's there, though. I can, I can acknowledge he's a good player. Like, it's not hate. It's just like I acknowledge, like, everything that I've seen. It's like, it's, it's just hard for me to say the injury was the end all be all to why he didn't perform this postseason. I think it's much more nuanced than that. And I'm with you, man. I, I just think it's, it's just very tough just to say the injury was the, the sole factor for why he wasn't able to perform this postseason. What's funny is the Cavs series. I, it was very clear that he's a limited player at the moment where that's where it showed that he was settling for threes a lot more, especially in that game three, which yeah. is why I thought Tibbs, my goodness, the inverse of what Tibbs was in the Cavs series versus Yo, genius, genius against the Cavs. Going with that lineup in the fourth quarter of game four is the best coaching decision he's made since he's been the Knicks head coach. And it's why they were able to win that series. And like benching Julius in the fourth quarter for an OB Grimes it went Grimes and then to RJ, but it was Brunson, RJ, Brunson, RJ Grimes, uh, Hart, OB, Mitch in that fourth quarter. And yeah. they were able to pull away with that lead because they weren't like having Julius take those like step back threes from the corner. And it was just like very clear. You got to get him out of the game. Like he is a limited player at the moment. And then it, it was very clear. He had no burst. He wasn't able to get around Mobley. And then you get to game five where you finally started to see in that first half 
signs of what we saw during the regular season of the fully realized version. And then it gets hurt again. So I am, I am empathetic to the argument. The things that frustrated me from him in the Heat series were not like you're a limited player. It was decision making. It's like, all right, so you're limited. Stop going one on one against Bam out of bio. You're limited. How about like you just use yourself as a decoy? And and here, here here's an idea. Um, like run run like jog back on defense instead of walk back on defense. If your ankle was so hurt, and this also obviously goes to Tibbs at a certain point. If you're just leaving him out there as a decoy, you have to run the offense through other means as a result because if one-on-one against Bam out of bio, bio is a wasted possession that's a, a we're now relitigating the, the heat series which is it, that's how it morphs right now in, in Nick's land at the moment um who's your number 10 uh number 10 oh, man this is tough I, I'll be honest I can't go another baseball player the state of New York wow. baseball does not deserve two players on this list Ah man, it's tough because because Cole is like killing it right now. But it's probably so- going to win the Cy Young. But he like that that my demerit to the state of New York baseball is that for this list you can't have two people. I mean, I have two Mets on my list, so I'm gonna I'm gonna That's go me at least. That's me at least. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Cole. I'm gonna go with Cole at ten, just because potentially Cy Young. He's like it's between him and Aaron Judge at this point. Um, I saw I saw a good I saw a good uh gif on twitter and someone's had like garrett cole aaron judge right now it was like uh even though it's controversial right now for a certain player it's sean watson <laughs> and jj watt on the texans and i'm like in the heyday yes it is mm-hmm. that is clearly how it feels right now it's the, those two players and nobody else <laughs> that makes sense in the sense of i get i get what the the conversation i that Texan team was much better than what this Yankee team has been this year. But oh, I get sure. I get what the conversation yeah. is yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um I'll go with second liberty. I'll put I'll put Sabrina on there at number 10. Nice. Just like you said, they're, they're the two seed in the in the league right now. I think they're what the three and one against the Aces this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So out of respect, I'll put a second liberty there. And I gotta be honest, so I would go if we're just like playing it out, I'd go cold indoor. Sauce, um, RJ in some order after that, if we were going further. But those are our top, those are our 10. One, yeah, ten. No, that makes that makes sense. And I'd probably go Brianna next. I'd probably go Garrett Wilson. You mean Sabrina? You mean Sabrina? I mean, yeah, yeah, Sabrina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Sabrina. I go Sabrina, Garrett. Um, I'm just putting Cole up there just because he's doing so well, man. I think Yankee, just still Yankee power baseball, like what people are tuning into, like even though. You can easily be in and out of like Yankee games right now. I just think when you think of like New York, what are eyes on and a Cy Young winner, like that's always going to gravitate to getting some attention. Mm-hmm. The The hardware of it all, probably the hardware of it all. Like if yeah. he, if he wasn't in Cy Young, like recognition, it's easily, easily Sabrina. <laughs> so how many before you get to Josh Hart? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'd probably I mean, put hard at like 15. Uh, oh, you got 15. I thought we were going into the 20s before we. Get no, to no, no, no. I'll probably put it at 15 just because at this point he's just he uh, has his way. He has his way. Not like very good. Like not even very good. He's actually an excellent role player. Like let's just call it. Like let's just call it what it is. Excellent role player. Um, because he truly embraces what his role is on any team wherever he goes. Um. I think he just he just has a way like whatever market he's in and just making himself known. And that's that's really where it comes to this point. Like 
like the whole breast milk conversation. Like it's like, okay, national media, we're talking about this because why could you even say, why would you even say something like this? Right. Or it's like, look, he makes Twitter world for breaking his keyboard, playing video games. I think mm-hmm. it was Call of duty. And it's like stuff like that. He just knows, like, he just knows, like he just has his way about himself. Just like getting that attention and wherever he's at. So I would put him at 15. Okay. I'll, I, I thank you for obliging my, Oh, no problem. I got you. Josh Hart hot take. Um, Alex, this, we got to do this again sometime. Uh, Appreciate you making the time to come on uh, KFS. Um, Best wishes to you and the missus um, with, with your, the, the newest little uh, Tratocaster that's making their way uh, into your world in in the not too distant (laughs) future. Uh, Before you go, please tell everybody, all the fine folks where they could find you on the internet. Andrew, thank you for having me on, man. It's a it's a pleasure talking to you. Always enjoy talking uh, sports with you, man. Jets, Knicks, whatever. It's always a great time, man. I love our debates too. I love the spirited mm-hmm. debates. Sometimes I just like it'll be like at 10 p.m. and I'm just like, oh, man, I, I'm just I should I should get ready to go to sleep right now because there's nothing in season. I, but it's uh-huh. like I, I got to get my point in. Um, <laughs> but no, thank you again, man. Awesome time talking with you. But for all the fine folks out there, you can go find me over at KFTV, man. Knicks Fan TV. We got, you know, obviously the YouTube channel. Go over to Knicks Fan TV, youtube.com slash Knicks Fan TV. You can find CP, JD, myself, uh, just breaking down Knicks games, post game, game previews, as Andrew does over here at KFS. You can find JD doing uh, play by plays as well. We got a lot of stuff going on over there. Um, and also, you can go check out KnicksFanTV.com because we got some good writers, solid writers. Make sure you support the website. And yeah, if you want to follow me personally, you can follow the handle if you're watching on the YouTube channel, which you should be doing for KFS. Come on. Help out. Come on, man. Be tuning into these videos, man. Watch, watch the YouTube channel for KFS. Support them. Um, and you see it right there. It's at Tratocaster right here. This is you just this name right here. So you can find that on all social media platforms. Stratocaster 101 to be yep. specific. You got to yes, make sure. Is your birthday 10 1? It is October, but no, actually, like I just chose 101 because like when I made it, it was like, uh, you know, like okay. you take an intro level course, it's like, oh, 101. Yeah. And, and now you can't get rid of it because, yeah, now I just can't get rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> Can I be honest? That's why it's stupid underscores next to my Twitter name, too. Like, it's why I can't get rid of it now. And Andrew J. Claudio is taken. But if I want to change it to anything else, like, you know what? Nope. Andrew J. Claudio underscore. Thankfully, I don't identify by it, but I know the I know the feeling of like, well, it's too late now. I can't switch it to anything else. So. Yeah, it's like and it's like on all platforms, too. Even like when I play video games, it's like it's mm-hmm. the same thing. I'm like, ah, whatever. Man. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Make it easy for everybody. <laughs> Alex, best wishes to you and the wife. All right, man. Appreciate you. Appreciate you, man. And congratulations once again on uh, you and your nuptials. Uh, Merry life. Hopefully, uh, you know. It's not changing too much, man, because that's how, that's how you know it's great. <laughs> yes, exactly. Once again, a big thank you to Alex for coming on today's show. Check out all of his stuff over at Knicks Fan TV. Uh, not the last crossover we're doing with Knicks, film, Knicks Fan TV uh, over the next week. Stay tuned for that. More to come. You won't, you won't be sorry if you stay tuned for that. I promise you. Um, that's it for me. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. If you dig the show, head over to iTunes, drop a five-star rating and a review. We'll be back on Monday. We're drafting again. Um, a fun episode that may or may not go off the rails at times, but uh, a new draft will be posted on Monday morning for all of you to hear. Until next time, thank you for listening. Enjoy your Labor Day weekend, Americans, and I will speak with you soon. Peace.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.